And now, story time with Mr. Black. Today's story is called The Three Questions by Leo Tolstoy, taken from the Gospel in Tolstoy, translated by Luis and Alma Maud. It once occurred to a certain king that if he always knew the right time to begin everything, and if he knew who were the right people to listen to and whom to avoid, and above all else, if he always knew what was the most important thing to do, he would never fail in anything he might undertake. And so he wanted to know the answer to these three questions. What is the right time? Who is the right person? And what is the right thing to do? And this thought having occurred to him, he had it proclaimed throughout all his kingdom that he would give a great reward to anyone who could teach him, who could answer for him these three questions. What was the right time for every occasion? Who were the most necessary people? And how might he know what was the most important thing to do at that time? And many learned men came to the king, and they came from all parts of the kingdom, but they all answered his questions differently. In reply to the first question, some said that to know the right time for every action, one must draw up in advance a table of days, months, years, and must live strictly according to it. Only thus, said they, could everything be done at its proper time. Others declared that it was impossible to decide beforehand the right time for every action, but that not letting oneself be absorbed in idle pastimes, one should always attend to all that was going on, and then do what was most needful. Others again said that however attentive the king might be to what was going on, it was impossible for one man to decide correctly the right time for every action, but that he should have a council of wise men who would help him to fix the proper time for everything. But then again, others said there were some things which could not wait to be laid out before a council, but about which one had at once to decide whether to undertake them or not. But in order to decide that, one must know beforehand what was going to happen. It is only magicians who know that, and therefore, in order to know the right time for every action, one must consult magicians. Equally various were the answers to the second question. Some said that people the king most needed were his counselors, others the priests, others said doctors, while some said the warriors were the most necessary. To the third question as to what was the most important thing to do, some replied that the most important thing in the world was science. Others said it was skill and warfare, and others again that it was religious worship. All the answers being different, the king agreed with none of them and gave the reward to no one. However, still wishing to find the right answers to his three questions, he decided to consult a hermit. This hermit was widely renowned for his wisdom, but he was a hard person to find. You see, the hermit lived in a wood, which he never quitted and he received none but common folk. So the king devised a plan, and he put on some simple clothes, 
and before reaching the hermit's cell, dismounted from his horse, leaving his bodyguard behind, and the horse, he went on alone, on foot. When the king approached, the hermit was digging the ground in front of his hut. Seeing the king, he greeted him and went on digging. The hermit was frail and weak, and each time he stuck his spade in the ground and turned a little earth, he breathed heavily. The king went up to him and said, Dear sir, I have come to you, O wise hermit, to ask you to answer three questions. How can I learn to do the right thing at the right time? Who are the people I most need? And to whom should I therefore pay more attention than the rest? And what affairs are the most important and need my first attention? The hermit listened intently to the king, but answered nothing. He just spat out his hand and recommenced digging. You are tired, said the king. Let me take the spade and work a while for you. Thanks, said the hermit. And giving the spade to the king, he sat down on the ground. When he had dug two beds, the king stopped and repeated his questions. The hermit again gave no answer, but this time rose, stretched out his hand for the spade, and said, Now you rest for a while, and let me work a bit. But the king did not relent. He did not give him the spade, and he continued to dig. One hour passed, and then another. The sun began to sink behind the trees, and the king at last stuck the spade in the ground and said, I came to you, wise man, for an answer to my questions. If you can give me none, tell me so, and I'll return home. Here comes someone running, said the hermit. Let us see who it is. The king turned around and saw a bearded man coming running out of the wood. The man held his hand pressed against his stomach, and blood was flowing from under them. When he reached the king, he fainted on the ground, fell at his feet, moaning feebly. The king and the hermit unfastened the man's clothing. There was a large wound in his stomach. The king washed it as best as he could and bandaged it with his handkerchief and with the towel that the hermit had had. But the blood would not stop flowing, and the king again and again removed the bandage, soaked with warm blood, washed, and then again rebandaged the wound. When at last the blood ceased flowing, the man revived and asked for something to drink. The king brought fresh water and gave it to him. Meanwhile, the sun had set and it had become cool. So the king, with the hermit's help, carried the wounded man into the hut and laid him on the bed. Lying on the bed, the man closed his eyes and was quiet. But the king was so tired from his walk and from the work he had been doing that he crouched down on the threshold, and he too fell asleep. And he fell asleep so soundly they slept all through the short summer night. When he woke in the morning, it was long before he could remember where he was or who was the strange bearded man lying on the bed and gazing intently at him with shining eyes. Forgive me, said the bearded man in a weak voice. When he saw that the king was awake, was looking at him, he started to get anxious. I do not know you and have nothing to give you for, said the king. Oh, you do not know me, but I know you. I am the enemy of yours who swore to revenge himself on you. Why? Because you executed his brother. You seized his property. I knew you had gone alone to see the hermit 
and I resolved to kill you on your way back. But the day passed and you did not return. So I came out from my ambush to find you and came upon your bodyguard. And they recognized me and wounded me. However, I escaped from them. I should have bled to death had you not dressed my wound. I wanted to kill you, and you have now saved my life. Now, if I live, King, and if you wish it, I will serve you as the most faithful slave and will bid my sons to do the same. Please, dear King, forgive me. The King was very glad to have made peace with his enemy so easily and to have gained for him a friend. And he not only forgave him, but said he would send his servants and his own physician to attend him and promise to restore his property. Having taken leave of the wounded man, the king went out into the porch and looked around for the hermit. Before going away, he wished once more to beg an answer to the questions he had put before the hermit. The hermit was outside on his knees sowing seed in the beds that had been dug the day before. And again the king approached him and again said, For the last time, I pray you to answer my questions, wise man. And after a long pause, the hermit opened his mouth. You have already been answered, said the hermit, still crouching on his thin legs and looking up at the king who stood before him. What do you mean? asked the king. How answered? Do you not see, replied the hermit? If you had not pitied my weakness yesterday, and had not dug these beds for me, but had gone your way, that man would have attacked you, and you would have repented of not having stayed with me. So the most important time was when you were digging the beds, and I was the most important man, and to do me good was your most important business. Afterwards, when the man ran to us, the most important time was when you were attending to him. For you, if you had not bound up his wounds, he would have died without having made peace with you. So he was the most important man, and what you did for him was your most important business. Remember then, there is only one time that is important, and that is the now. It is the most important time, because it is the only time we have any power. The most necessary person is the one with whom you are, for no man knows whether he will ever have dealings with anyone else. So the most necessary person is the one with whom you are with. And the most important affair is to do that person good. Because for that purpose alone was man sent into his life. Live by a simple motto. See a need, meet a need. The time is now because planes crash and people die. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, 
counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.